talking about breaking addiction, and addiction is a very serious, deeply spiritually rooted, deeply rooted in hurt, pain, um, disguise, deception. I mean, those are all like the big things that you read in the Bible that's wrong. And addiction is pretty much all of those, covers all of those. And we've been setting it up to get us into the place where we come to that first word, breaking addictions. So I'm going to give you a warning that uh, as we turn the corner here, being on the third week of this series, that we're going to start getting into the breaking of the addictions that come into our life. And, and today, <clears throat> I used to teach this often, and I really haven't taught this subject I'm going to teach today uh, for probably about 15 years. But it used to be my bread and butter. And it's been my experience that this is PG-13. If you think that you're going to be offended or if you have a little one in here that is under 13, uh, you may want to go to children's church, it's about PG-5. So <laughs> not everything over there is acceptable either. So, so. But addictions affect our lives. And I, I'm going to, I can't get off and preach. The first service I preach because I only have like 15, 16 minutes. So I just gave examples of, of things that have happened in, in my life, things that I've seen and experienced. And we're going to be dealing uh, at the end of the day about being set free from demonic oppressions. And Christians have demonic oppressions. And I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to stick with my notes so that we can get through. There's so much to be taught. And I promised Peter that when I'm out of time, we just stop and we're going to pray. But we are going to ask those who feel like you qualify to be prayed for to open yourself up now. Because people who take on a spirit, the only way we are to deal with it is to let it go. And so too many believers think that the spirit that they've opened their heart, life up to is them. Because if, if ever you've been plagued by something and you want to return to this sin, it's amazing how there's this voice that sounds just like you saying, don't stop. I mean, no one is going to see you. No one cares. No one. It always sounds like you, but I'm here to tell you, and today's teaching is to expose to you that that's not you. That's not you. You're not that smart. In my time of ministry, I've had demons appear to me. I've had them crawl, people who have been possessed to crawl on their stomach like a snake. I've always looked at them and wondered. This is the weird stuff, okay? I told you it was PG-13. But we're going to go to the scriptures, and I'm going to show you that all this weird stuff, uh, Crystal and I hadn't been married very long, and we went back to my roommate to witness to him because I told her, I said, once I leave this house, I said, he is just going to be just open to everything. He used to drink and do quaaludes. He's a lawyer. You know, education has nothing to... to hold off addictions. And so we were witnessing to him, and I don't know if we were married a week or two, 
And she was raised Methodist. I was raised Presbyterian. So we didn't even hear messages about devils and demons. <clears throat> and here it is. I'm ministering to my roommate. And he kept repeating himself, repeating himself, repeating himself. I turned to Crystal and I said, you know, he said, there's just something not right here. I think it's something demonic. And when I said that, and on his face was this thin, skinny face that appeared. I turned to Crystal. She had this look. I go, did you, did you see that? She goes, yes, and we're out of here. <laughs> but throughout my time in the ministry, it said many, many times this stuff would happen. I have been set free. I've set myself free from oppressions. And there was just some anger in me. And I, just, and I was just trying to control a situation. And people would look at me. I was in an elders meeting. And I was insisting on it, insisting on it, insisting on it. And they, I could see all the elders are like, they're like, they saw somebody they didn't know, forcing himself, demanding. And I said, something's not right. I said, just a minute. I said, this is the spirit. I bind you. I said, okay, next. <laughs> I just sat down. <laughs> Something left me. And we're going to see that in the scriptures today. Are you ready? There's a lot of scriptures. <clears throat> so in, in the series, two things that we desire, we've discussed this every week. I wanted to start with it again. And the first part of <clears throat> the two things we desire is to escape pain. Pain of failure, pain of failure in your career, relationships, injury. There are people who have been injured. And they just give up on life. I got nothing to live for. I got, and they just give up. That's an open door for somebody to come in and give them purpose. Anger, self-pity. That can be a spirit. Depression, the loss of a loved one. He's like, it's all over. It's the only person who ever loved me. You're opening yourself up. Jesus loves you. There are a lot of people who love you, but you just give up. You give in. Number two is the experience of peace. And we talked about the, uh, the, the experience of peace. I, I kind of like this one. There's always to uh, escape boredom. I'm bored out of my mind. So what do you do? Well, I go look at this on the computer. I go and do this. I go and eat this. I go work all the time. I, addictions come in all kinds of forms. Some, some of them sound and look good. King David was bored. So he didn't go to war in the time of spring. And what did he do? I got nothing to do. I guess I'll look over. Hey, what's down there? Bathsheba. <laughs> Boredom. Boredom. Well, I just want to numb myself because of all the responsibilities. I'm responsible all day long. I just need to come home and I just want to numb myself. You're opening yourself up. You're justifying for something that you kind of know you shouldn't do to escape. I call it the jazz. I've called it the jazz forever. You know, people say, man, you wouldn't believe how much fun that was. You cannot, oh, man, it was, a, you know, it's not right. Oh, but it's so fun. The jazz is, well, you know, you ask somebody, why did you do that? Just because I can get away with it. That's all. Did you, were you really interested in, in getting hooked? I just, I just know I could get away with it, and I loved it. 
because I can. I'm smarter than everyone else. I lie just to lie. I, I just love to trick, fool people. Look at this verse about the jazz. Proverbs 9 says, stolen water is sweet. Has anyone ever had really sweet water? I mean, water to me is like, wow, I taste nothing. That's good water. <laughs> the less I taste, the better it is. This is not talking about water. It is, it, it, it is highlighting that what makes it sweet is it's not yours. Why do you steal? I don't know. Just the jazz of it. I used to steal gum from my grandmother's purse. You know, if I asked my grandmother, come on, all you grandmothers, if your grandchild asked you for gum, would you give it to him? Yes. So why did I steal it? To see if I can. There's been a people who've gotten into affairs and going, oh, she's my soulmate. Oh, she's everything to me. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then they divorce, remarry. Guess what? It's not stolen anymore. It's not exciting. I can get away with it. Food eaten in secret is delicious. Let me tell you, an Oreo eaten under the sheets tastes just like the Oreo eaten in the kitchen. Unless you're getting away with something. It's the jazz. Riding the jazz. But little do they know that the, <laughs> the dead are there. You don't see them. But you're, work, you're in an atmosphere of the dead. That's how they got there. Dead to morality. Dead to a consciousness of God. <laughs> that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. If we live in addictions, we've surrounded ourselves with things that are dead, are going to be dead soon. Why? Why is this important? Why does... What is to motivate us to be free? You know the old saying goes, you know, <clears throat> you know it's fun and games until what? I'm going to change that. It's fun and games until you get caught. Oh, man, I just, I'm just going to look at this. I'm just going to look at this on the computer. I'm just going to look at this on the computer. Oh, wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's interesting. Bing, you get caught. Why did I ever do this? It's fun and games until you get caught. Going out tonight, I snuck out tonight. Teenagers, oh, I'd sneak out tonight. And it was a great time until you come home and you see your parents' light on. I forgot all fun I had. I just got to get through the next hour of them looking at me and not saying anything. Motivation to be free, and I need to speed up. When you, when you move into this room of the area of secretness, deception, 
You're moving into a spiritual realm. You're putting yourself in a spiritual realm of the dead and the dying. You have done this that's fun and you've made it and it's going to be spiritual down here. You're going to go from what you're doing, the physical, to a spiritual realm. You didn't ask for it. I'll make this very, very, very clear. So we discussed demons. Don't do this thing back and flip Wilson back in the 70s. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, if, you're, if you got caught doing something, your, your defense isn't going, well, the devil just made me do it. No, your flesh, you gave in to your flesh and that made you do it. But because you gave in to your flesh and gave up control, submission to a higher power, you've opened the door to have another power come in and control you. And it sounds like you. You think it's you talking to you. You oh, I really shouldn't do this tonight. No one will know. You're right. You can get away with it. You're right. You deserve it. That sounds just like me. You know, if that voice, you go, you know, should I? I, I, I know I shouldn't do this tonight, but, and you hear this voice. Mark, you need to do it. I'm going, who the crap are you? <laughs> that sounds like the devil. <laughs> no, the devil's not going to reveal himself and scare you. Or scare the blazes out of you. <laughs> Look at this. And, I, and we're going to read Ephesians three times. If, if we get that far. We're going to read Ephesians three times, and each time we'll have a different point, which I think will, uh, will make us a little, little more rich. It will make it a little more rich. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. When it says flesh and blood, it is not against that flesh and blood. And guess what? Our struggle is not against this flesh and blood. Flesh and blood is, you got flesh and blood, I got flesh and blood. It says, my struggle is not against me because I am redeemed. You are redeemed. Who did that? Jesus and the power of his work on the cross by his blood. That sacrifice has been made. So our flesh, that's not our struggle. That's not our struggle. But against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And I just... Put heavenly places as a first point. People going, oh, if I, you know, if, if I come against this power, if I come against, we're thinking it's in heavenly places up there. There's three heavens. It's, it's throughout the scriptures. There's three heavens. There's terra firma, where we are, ground, everything that we can see and touch, trees, all that. That's the first heaven. The second heaven is the atmosphere all the way through the solar system. Second heaven. Third heaven is where God is. It says in heavenly places. So it's not like what the thing I'm binding isn't just, it's somewhere out there. there, there. This is heaven too. It says, this is saying in heavenly places, this heaven, that heaven, or that heaven. That's what we've been given. 
We know where the battle is. It's right here. It's right there. It's right there. Flesh and blood, Jesus, it just, flesh and blood needs to submit to the work of the cross. But, you know, how many people, uh, it's, 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 it's so, it's difficult for me. So, so many Christians love to go to these demon movies. I can't. Because I, my eyes have been opened to the spiritual and that stuff sticks to me. I have dreams about it. I have thoughts about it. I, it's horrible. It's like a pair of, two pairs of pants. They go in the dryer. One comes out, no lint on it. The other one's full of lint. I'm full of lint. If I get near a demon, somehow I'm going to see it or it's going to stick to me. I'm that pair of pants. <laughs> I don't have time to go anywhere. I want to tell stories. I can't. We our battleground is that area. Wicked places. Rulers. Rulers. Vicious rulers. Rulers enslave. What have you become enslaved to? That's the battleground. I give up. I, get it. I come under some type of addiction. And I give up. No, that's the battleground. When you give up in a battle, you become a slave. Jesus said he's come to set the captives free. That means there's our battleground. If my boss is just this horrible person and we want, oh, Lord, please touch him, get him saved. You know what? The, the, the work of the cross, you know, Lord, I want him to get saved. But you know what? There may be a spirit that he just hates you. Why? Because you're a believer? Then I come against that spirit. I bind that spirit, Lord, that demonic thing. If there's a demonic thing in him, he's coming against me. I bind it. And you do it every day. There's more than one spirit. People going, oh, I got set free. Like, I'm free indeed. <laughs> Until tomorrow. And that thing's going to want to come back. You were home. That's the battleground. Start praying. The third heaven. And I'll just go through this. Paul says, he goes, I know a man in Christ. He's talking about himself. <laughs> Who 14 years ago was caught up into the what? Oh my gosh. Hebrews, seeing that we have, have a high, great high priest who has passed through the one heaven? Heavens. It's throughout scriptures, but we've not noticed it it is throughout scripture so trust me there are three heavens biblically Ephesians <clears throat> so there's a heavens it's in heavenly places it's here it's there it's there let me give you a quick explanation and I might have to just tell you the part of the story because the scripture is long in Ephesians chapter 6 this is before the flood before the flood before Noah there were fallen angels on this, you know, there were fallen angels. And in Ephesians, uh, Genesis chapter 6 is when human beings being increased in number on the earth and daughters were born to them. The sons of God, angels, saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever for they are 
They're mortal. Quick. The fallen angels are eternal. Okay? Fallen angels are eternal. They're not mortal. What happens if you're created an eternal being? Can you be killed? No. You're right. David Condon got it. He's the only one. It says their days, talking about men, their days will be 120 years. A lot of people going, see, we're supposed to live. I'm claiming 120 years. You know what? It was 120 years before Noah came with the flood. That's the 120 years. Just an update. <laughs> I know some of you stayed up all night last night thinking, that 120 years, what is the truth about that? <laughs> the, the Nephilim, and there's four different ways to says, we're on the earth in those days. And also afterwards, when the sons of God went to their daughters. Okay, so they were on the earth. That, and, and so they were these men who were born. And it said they were heroes, mighty men. It said they were on the earth then and after. I want you to know the after is the spirit of them. Now, and when it says they were the heroes of old, mighty men, I believe that's where stories of Hercules and all these you know, super-powered, you know, these giants, and they were giants. But the word throws us because in he the Hebrew teaching, heroes of old and mighty men, they were speaking about mighty, vicious warriors. David had mighty men. They were vicious in battle, and they were called mighty men. It's, it's not saying, oh, they were mighty men. They gave flowers to old ladies, but they protected us. They walked us. No. Mighty men and heroes of old refers to a, a just ferocious man of war, either in stature, a ruthless ruler. Now, that's who they were as a race. Afterwards, after the flood, when it referred to Goliath and his brother, uh, I forgot his name, Lithium. Uh, something Lydium or something like something like it. They were tall in stature and they were vicious and they were called well they were called Nephilim. They weren't a race then. They were whoever was vicious, ruled, enslaved. That spirit according to the scripture says it's here today. They are here today. The flood comes and Noah shows up before the flood, and God says, well, I found one righteous. He goes, get all the animals. because I'm going to kill everything. I'm going to kill everything that's mortal. I'm killing the animals. I'm killing man. It's just, but I found one righteous, so take your family. Take this, these animals. Get on the boat. They land someplace. Well, guess what happened to them when they died? Their flesh died. They were the offsprings of eternal angels and mortal women. Their flesh died, but their spirit lived. I believe that's where the demons come from. They're still wandering this world, earth because as the scripture says, they were then and they are now. And that spirit comes upon Goliath, his brother, and different people. Not that it's the race, but it's a person, it's a type. They're vicious, they enslave, they rule. And that spirit is alive today in the demonic because it's them. And so there it goes. Uh, that's the scripture. We're going to wipe them out. All right. So let me go back. Ephesians. I said we're going to visit it three times. Here's number two. Ephesians. Because for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the... Uh, who does that sound like? 
Sounds like the, the Nephilim, doesn't it? Rulers against powers, powerful men, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of weakness in heavenly places. That's where I believe the demons came from. I believe that's what the scriptures teach us. It's interesting what Paul, Paul's dealing with the, the Corinthians. And in, the, in, in Corinth, the believers were still practicing, you know, sexual adultery. And here's what he says. I have, uh, this is what the uh, uh, Corinthians said, because Paul obviously had told them, he said, hey, you know, as a believer, he goes, I have the right to do anything. And so he's repeating it back to them. So you're telling me you have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial? Paul responds. That's what they're saying. He goes, yeah, I, get, I have the right to do this, but sleeping with the prostitutes, that's not beneficial. Paul's response goes, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. There's too many Christians in this world I have the right, I have the right, but you're being mastered by something that's not God. The two are not going to mix. You're being mastered. Paul says, yeah, I have the right, but I'm not going to do anything that is going to take away the freedom that I found in the cross. He has the freedom to do it, but he'll become enslaved again. I'm not going there. Can I do it? Sure. Mm -hmm. You can become enslaved, addicted by the actions in which you freely choose to indulge. This is, this is how Christians open the door to oppression. So the question is, we got to understand our battleground. Are you being afflicted because you're giving in to flesh? If you are, you're opening the door to oppression. Or should you be diddling with an oppression in your life? Because once you start identifying, says, you know what, this could be an oppression, that voice that you thought was you starts to change a little bit. It gets a little more forceful. And there comes a place because you said, Lord, I bind this thing. I bind this thing. You're going to hear a voice that's not yours. Remember, when Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom, he doesn't go around and kill devils. What does he do to them? He binds them. Why? Because they're eternal. He created them. They're eternal. So you bind a devil. You put to death the flesh. You crucify the flesh. Your flesh. You starve it. And that part of your flesh. You see, when Adam had children, he was kicked out of the garden. He didn't have any children before he said, all his children came after. We were born into sin. I said, we need to put that to death. 
Crucify the flesh, but find that voice that's in you that keeps leading you astray. We bind the devil in all the heavens. Well, we're halfway there, but I'm pleased that we got to this point. We need to discover, ask ourselves, am I dealing with flesh or an oppression that I've let in by willfully doing something that I know I shouldn't? By eating it under the sheets, by keeping it a secret. Is it sweet because it's hidden? That's an oppression. You're living among the dead. And it's all fun and games until you're caught. This next scripture, I'll just describe it. I'll just... It's talking about false teachers that come along. And it says, it goes, it's trying, it's trying, these false teachers prey on those who have recently been escaping their way. They've recently accepted Jesus Christ. And he goes, if they go back to it, he goes, he goes, it is better for them never to have tasted righteousness than to be at the end of their life and die in sin. It would have been better if they never tasted it because now they, if, 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 if you never tasted it, you don't know what you missed. Once you taste righteousness and you fall away by being enslaved. And that's what it says. It's, Says people are slaves to whatever has what mastered them. Is something mastering you? I know uh, my brother-in-law came after Christmas. We have um, what's the day after Christmas called? Boxing. boxing day. So he's married a Canadian, and we have a Scot. So we do Boxing Day, and so. <clears throat> I said, hey, you're not having a beer with, you know, our smoked turkey or whatever. He goes, oh, no, for the month of January or something. He goes, I, uh, I don't drink for a month. I go, why? He goes, just to be sure I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, yeah, it might go all of January. We don't, I don't. He goes, what would happen if he couldn't? Something's mastered. Paul says, that will not be. I have the freedom, but I will not be mastered. I'm going to just ask Aslan to just come stand right here. Aslan has, I don't know, it's not an anointing, it's whatever it is. But I noticed in the very beginning that people would come up. I, have, we were, I took my girls skiing one year in Colorado. And I'd go to the supermarket to buy the lift tickets because it's $5 cheaper, a lift ticket. And this man starts following me. The girls are in the car. That's, before, that's when you usually leave the kids in the car. Uh, <laughs> I'd be arrested today. And this man's following me around. I go to this aisle. I go to that aisle. I go buy my lift tickets. I'm getting supper. And this man keeps coming. And I look at him. He... <laughs> and this happens. It's happened to me. It's happened to Aslan. So I go up to him. I go up to him. He's like, it's happened in this church. 
I see people standing in the back that just, I said, can I help you? I'm in Denver, Colorado. He goes, I know who you are and I know who you work for. And he ran out of the building. Something in him troubled him when he saw me, when he was in my presence. I've, gone, I've done conferences where people have manifested in the audience. They said, I felt something leave me. I want to give us that opportunity because we're dealing with addictions. As you, as, as you sitting there, if you feel like something has to leave you, let it go. Let it go. If you're antsy right now, your hands are sweating. So, you know what? I think I'm dealing with an oppression that's about to get revealed. You know how you act when you're about to get caught? So does it. It's like, he's going to discover me and I'm going to lose home. So, it, we all have to deal with Oppressions, because according to the word of God, that's the battlefield. And that's what we battle. Jesus conquered the flesh. And we just have to accept that. And we're saved by his blood. But let us turn our attention to where the battle is. And it's binding and loosening. The Bible says that whatever you bind on earth is what? Bound. Whatever is loosed in here is loosed in heaven. It's bound. We can bind it here on earth, here in the heavens. Whatever is bound is bound. Whatever is loose is loose through all the heavens. Amen. We need to start learning to bind and loose. We loose righteousness. We loose healing. We loose these things of the Lord. But we bind that which is troubling you, which I bind that which is troubling me. So we're going to stand and I'm going to bind the strong man. I'm going to bind this weak man. And then you are going to repent. If you know there's something you need to say, Lord, I've been hiding this. I'm afraid if it comes out, I'm going to be embarrassed. Guess what? You're hiding it. Forgive me. Forgive me. I got to shut the door. I don't want to be mastered anymore. More. I bind that. So, Father, right now, I bind. I bind every demonic work that wants to destroy us, that keeps us living among the dead. Things that want to master us, rule us viciously. Father, I repent of the jazz. I do it because I can get away with it. I do it because it makes me feel better. I do it because of pain. I do it because of boredom. Father, forgive us of our sin. We apply the blood of Christ that continues to flow from the mercy seat for our forgiveness. It is still flowing now. Lord, I, I draw to that blood. Touch my soul.
that blood. Redeem me. And now, that thing that talks to me, that thing that drives me, that thing that has mastered me, that thing that keeps me in fear, that thing that keeps pulling me away because it's fun and I know it's wrong. I bind you. I bind you. I bind you in your darkness, in your hiding. I bind you. In Jesus' name, and I'm loose. I loosen the work of righteousness in my life, the work of protection by the blood in my life. Now you need, if you know there's a hidden sin, you know there's something that's got a hold of you, ask the Lord to forgive you for you denying it and keeping it a secret. And maybe that's been an open door. Then bind that thing. Bind it. Enter the battle with me. Get on that ground. Now, I am not going to be mastered or enslaved again. I have been set free by the work of your son. And Lord, forgive me, I've returned to being enslaved. I freely have given it up. Forgive me. I bind. I am no longer going to be troubled by you, but I, in the name of Jesus, are, is going to expose you, and I am trouble you until you leave. Come out of your hiding, you evil one. In the name of Jesus.